Well, hello there, grown-ups. Did you know that we depend on your generosity and support to keep making Bust or Trust? If you subscribe and support Bust or Trust on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, you'll get access to lots of lovely extras like weekly subscriber bonus episodes with extra evidence, ad-free listening and early access to all our episodes. More to come soon. To support Bust or Trust, just click subscribe in Apple Podcasts or visit patreon.com forward slash Bust or Trust podcast. Or for more information, visit our website at bustortrust.com. Can you unravel the world's greatest mysteries? Can you explain the unexplained and find the pieces to the most puzzling cases? Or are you a time traveller and you'd like to know if it's safe to go back and high-five yourself for that excellent joke you did? Time travel doesn't exist, Tiernan. Oh, doesn't it? Are you a mythbuster Or a myth-truster? I'm Tiernan. And I'm Athena. Welcome to Bust or Trust. A kids' mystery podcast. And, and we, we are, are the Busters or Trusters. We will look into some very strange stories from around the world. No mystery is too big for us. Monsters, ghosts and all types of the unexplained. Like, just how do they put the holes in Swiss cheese? Oh, that's easy. They make the holes first, then they build the cheese around them. They make the holes first? What? How does that even... Oh, you're welcome. We dive into all the evidence we can find and present all the facts, figures and testimonies. Then it's up to you, our chief detective. You'll work out what it all means and make up your own mind. Is our case extraterrestrial or extra nonsense? Hmm. Are you a mythbuster like me? Because things aren't always what they seem. Or are you a myth truster like me? Because the truth has no answer. What does that even mean? I can't answer you or it wouldn't be true. Uh, that's really annoying. Yep. We'll tell you at the end of the show just how to get in touch and you can let us know if you're on Team Buster or the best one, Team Truster. We'll also hear from you, our chief detectives, and your thoughts on the previous cases, so stay tuned. But until then, make sure you take notes, pay attention to all the information and start putting together your case. The Case. Hi, Athena. Don't mind me, I'm just tidying up a bit. Wow, it looks great in here. And I had no idea the floor was that colour. I know, right? Me either. So, uh, why are you cleaning up? Because we've got visitors. Have we? I wish you'd told me. I would have dressed up a bit and bought some snacks. Uh, when are they arriving? Oh, they're already here. Hang on a second. Tiernan, where are these visitors from? Another planet, obviously. We're looking at the Roswell incident this week, where the US government recovered the remains of a crashed UFO, which means unidentified flying object, as regular listeners of this show will know very well. Alleged UFO, and I'm glad I didn't buy snacks now. I'm not. All this cleaning has made me peckish. If you've not got snacks, have you got facts about this case for our chief detectives? I do indeed. Roswell is a city in the southeastern part of the American state of New Mexico. The area is well known for aerospace engineering, which is the mechanics of how machines fly. The city is also known for being home to one of the world's largest mozzarella factories. But anyway, as our chief detectives can probably guess, the city is most famous for the Roswell incident. Now this is the exciting part. In Roswell, there is a large military base and an airfield that is supposedly used for a flying school to train military pilots. But of course, as with many military bases, the details of what goes on at that base are classified. That means secrets. 
1947, Roswell Army Airfield officers collected the remains of a crashed military balloon. However, some believed it was actually the debris from a flying saucer, and the story about the weather balloon was just a cover-up. There are what we call conspiracy theories about it to this day. A conspiracy theory is a belief that a secret but important organisation is in charge of an incident and is keeping the true details secret. In this case, there is a theory that the US government itself has been covering up a visit to Earth by aliens from another planet. The city of Roswell has embraced the idea too, with a little green man on their official sign. They also have a museum all about the incident. Plus, the city hosts many events about UFOology, the study of UFOs. And so it's up to you, Chief Detectives, to work out whether the US government covered up aliens arriving in Roswell, which they definitely did, or whether it's a load of baloney. Baloney? Well, like baloney, but with a balloon. Ugh, I'll get to the evidence. First piece of evidence. The first piece of evidence is the debris from the crash itself. In mid-June 1947, a man named Matt Brazel found what he thought were tinfoil, tape, rubber and wooden beams scattered across his ranch. He'd heard a thundery crash the night before and so wasn't surprised to see some sort of debris. Brazel gathered it up to throw it away, but then took some of the silvery bits to the local sheriff. On examination, the sheriff passed it to Roswell Army Airfield, who cleared away the rest of it from the ranch and then released a statement saying they'd recovered a flying disc. At the time, there had been over 800 sightings of mysterious flying discs all over the US, so this report gained a lot of interest. The Associated Press, which is an independent global news organisation, said on July the 8th, 1947, that... The many rumours regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of Roswell Army Airfield was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. The next day, the US Army publicly identified the wreckages as an ordinary weather balloon. But in 1978, Jesse Marcel, who was one of the Roswell Army Airfield officers who collected the rest of the debris, was interviewed by a UFOologist. Marcel said that he believed the weather balloon story was a cover-up and he now thinks it was an extraterrestrial or alien craft. In 1980, Jesse Marcel said this in a television interview. They wanted some comments from me, but all I could do is keep my mouth shut. The Army General told the news it's nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, we all knew differently. He said that some of the metal couldn't be dented, and it was like nothing he'd ever seen before. That's a really thrilling account, but I still think we have to take it all with a pinch of salt. As you mentioned, there had been over 800 sightings of UFOs in the USA at the time, which was part of what was known as the flying disc craze of 1947. It was all started by one civilian pilot, which means a person who flies their own plane rather than for the military or an airline. He reported seeing a string of shiny objects fly past him in the sky at very high speed. There was no evidence for this other than his account, but this story very quickly led to the press writing headlines about flying saucers. And sure enough, soon after that, suddenly everyone had seen one. It's something we've talked about with cases before called hype, where many people start to believe something because they've heard about it enough times. There were a number of hoaxes and mistaken identifications where witnesses reported things being flying saucers that were actually very normal objects like, you've guessed it, weather balloons. 
And while Jesse Marcel's statement is interesting, it was quite a few years after the event when he was interviewed. Memories can change quite a lot. Bits can be forgotten and they can be influenced by what's known as the audience tuning effect. That's when you remember things differently in order to please different people. Jesse Marcel was being interviewed by a UFOologist for a crowd of people who believe in UFOs. So his story may have changed because of that. That's really fascinating. I definitely believe in the audience tuning effect, as everything I say is finely adjusted to be perfect for our chief detectives to join Team Truster. Speaking of which, here's piece of evidence number two. Second piece of evidence. There have been a number of witnesses from that day in 1947 who've reported different aspects of the Roswell incident that they say have since been covered up. In a book about Jesse Marcel's story, the authors interviewed many witnesses. Several of them state they saw debris scattered over a wide area and one said they saw a blazing aircraft in the sky before it crashed. And perhaps most incredibly, some claimed that there was a second crash site with a full flying saucer wreckage in it. There have been other witness statements since too. In 1989, witness Glenn Dennis said that a friend who worked as a nurse at the Roswell Army Airfield had accidentally walked into an examination room where doctors were bent over the bodies of three creatures. They apparently looked like humans, but with small grey bodies, spindly arms and giant bald heads. Someone saying a friend saw something doesn't mean it's proof something happened. And similarly, there are very few names for any of the witnesses, meaning it's hard to know how credible they are. What is worth mentioning is that the US government may have had a reason for not revealing all the details. Yeah, that they found secret alien technology. No, it's that at the time, the US government were working on a top secret initiative called Project Mogul. This was part of the Cold War. The Cold War is the name used to describe the years of tensions between Russia and the USA after World War II. Project Mogul involved the US Army launching thousands of balloons with devices to listen for Russian atomic bomb tests. On the 4th of June, researchers launched a lot of them, not far from Mac Vazel's field, where the wreckage was found. They wouldn't have wanted to reveal the details of that because then Russia would know they were spying on their activities. OK, but how does that explain the witnesses that saw strange creatures' bodies? Well, it turns out that some of the experimental tests with new flight models or balloons used dummies. You know, a plastic model of a human. That way they could test if things were safe without harming a real person. They were often grey, which may explain what the witnesses saw. When you hear piece of evidence number three, Athena, I think you'll quickly change your mind about that. Third piece of evidence. In 1995, a 17-minute black-and-white film was released. It showed a secret medical examination on a body of an alien that was supposedly retrieved from the crash site of the Roswell incident in 1947. It was released by a music and film producer called Ray Santilli, who said it was given to him by a retired military cameraman who wanted to remain anonymous, which means he didn't want anyone to know who he was. The body was like the one witnesses had described before, grey with a big head and spindly arms. 
The film was shown on television in the US and UK and became an overnight sensation with millions of people tuning in. Tiernan, Ray Santilli, the creator, admitted himself in 2006 that this video is not real. I'm not sure you can use this as evidence. He didn't say it wasn't real. He said it wasn't authentic and that what he'd created was a reconstruction of footage he'd actually seen three years before in 1992. Santilli said some of the footage from the original film was included in his reconstruction too. Yeah, but he's never said which bits are original and which aren't, which makes it all sound even more suspicious. Hmm, OK, Athena. But I have to say, there is one thing I can't wrap my head around on this case. Oh, really? You might be on Team Buster with this one? No way! I just don't get... Why, if aliens did crash these spacecrafts, their space friends didn't ever come back to collect it all? Otherwise, it's littering, isn't it? And that's just rude. Lost Property Office, how can I help? Hello? Greetings, human person. Please do not be hostile. I am in need of urgent help. Uh, uh, hello? I'm down here. Oh, yes, sorry. Hello, little grey man. Earthling, have you seen this? Uploading hollow projection now. Oh, that's very fancy and very helpful. So it's a, a purple metal glowing thingy you're looking for, is it? It's a globular argon generator with enough power to flatten a mountain. I see. And where exactly do you think you left it? Somewhere within your Earth atmosphere. I see. And do you know roughly what date or time? The year on Bragel is 14778 and around the ninth dial turning on its side. Right. Have you got any other details that might help me locate this, uh, globule? Globular Zargon Generator. I appreciate your simple human mind cannot comprehend its technological advancements. Did you have a name tag on it or did you leave details of a phone number to contact if lost? It has a hidden 7000 icon tox codex which if scanned and decrypted will show it belongs to me. Uh, a name tag is usually easier. Uh, you can get those iron-on ones now. Very cheap, too. Let me go and have a look in the boxes at the back in case anyone found it on the train. Our species is most grateful for your kindness. Is this it? You found my globular argon generator. You shall become a hero on our planet. Before I hand it over, I just need to check for security that this is definitely your uh, globby zoggles and not someone else's. Without looking, what colour is it? Of course. It's Zringo. I suppose, yes, it is. Um, and any identifying marks? Yes. Under the lid is my clan's red star to indicate our home system. Under the lid? I'll just try and... Oh, no, wait. Don't lift that. Uh, why is my hair green? And who... who are you? And where am I? Uh, well, thank you, I suppose. Yes, I've got it, but I need beaming out of here straight away because it went, uh, a bit wrong. If you could send back some weather balloon debris in my place, that would be really handy. I'm sorry, but that was just too unbelievable, even for a sketch. What, an alien going to a lost property office? No, not that bit. It's the fact they actually had his item. That never happens. Yeah, you're right. That is unrealistic. Still, you know who you'll never find at the lost property office? Who? Our chief detectives, because they know that all the evidence they need is right here to help them decide if the Roswell incident was an alien crash covered up by the government or a weather balloon mishap. Let's have an evidence recap. Evidence recap. 
Our first piece of evidence is the debris from the crash itself, which one of the Air Force officers who collected it, Jesse Marcel, said was from an extraterrestrial craft. Yeah, but he said that 30 years after the incident and memories do change. Plus, there was a lot of mass hysteria in America at that time about flying saucers. Our second piece of evidence is all the witness statements of people who saw the debris, exploding aircraft and even alien bodies. But the US government were carrying out a top-secret project at the time using aircraft and test dummies, which could be what the witnesses saw. The last piece of evidence is the alien autopsy film of an examination carried out on an alien body found at the Roswell crash site. But the producer of the video says it's not real. It was a reconstruction of a video he was shown that there was no evidence for. So now we're handing it over to you, Chief Detectives. What do you think? Are you a Roswell incident mythbuster? Or a Roswell incident myth truster? We want to hear from you and what you think, and most importantly, which side you're on. Pretty sure any intergalactic visitors would be on Team Truster for this case. No way. Even they'd be more grounded and join Team Buster. Send us your voice notes with an explanation of why you're a myth truster or myth buster when it comes to the Roswell incident. All you have to do is ask your grown-ups to help you email us your voice notes or thoughts to hello at bustortrust.com. Tell us your name, age, what you think all the evidence means and please, please make sure your grown-ups give us permission to use your voice notes or emails in our next episode. We won't always be able to use all of them. But wow, do we love to hear them. And here are some thoughts from you lot, our chief detectives, on our previous cases. Hello, my name is Lydia. I'm five years old. I knew it. Buster for the fairies because because if you can't see them, how do you know they're real? Lydia, you are completely right. Nothing you can't see is real other than germs. You can't see germs or bacteria, but you can see those things through a microscope. So unless you can find me a fairy that you can see through a microscope, then I'm sorry, Tiernan, fairies aren't real. Oh, we have the best listeners. We make a fantastic team. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your podcasts for more great episodes. We love to hear what you think, so please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps more detectives find bust or trust. We'll even read out some of the reviews on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for more Bust or Trust. Stand back, Athena. I'm just going to try something. What are you doing? Uh, sorry. Oh, I thought you were tidying up. Now you're breaking plates. What on earth? We are on earth, yes. But I thought to make our alien visitors feel welcome, they might want their tea on... Oh, no. Flying saucers. <laughs> <laughs>